Throws it back and scores! Brady Weevil goes back and forth behind the net, comes out the right side and lifts the backhander up and in. Leobold right here on Dillon. Dillon comes back with the right of his own. Here's Leobold uppercut. Another right by Leobold. Now we got another fight. Brady Leobold got the right hand pumping on Tony Mann. Up and over top and trying to control him as Leobold's got that jackhammer right going. Throwing a lot off the helmet. Now Tony Mann answering. But Leobold switched to left and he got a few more in there. Oh, you gotta be loving this if you're at the Civic Center tonight. Wow. Welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. This is episode number 14. Thanks guys so much again for being with us. This is Brady Liebold coming at you guys from Muskoka, Ontario. Uh, before we get into it, once again, this episode is probably brought to you by Team Issued Limited. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Guys, head over to teamissue.ca. Check it out. My former teammate, Jesse Paradise, a WHL alumni's company. The, the clothing is sick. I got one package. I just put in another $600 order. Me and my girlfriend, Taylor, I'm waiting for it now. He just texted me actually just now uh, to say he sent it. Uh, use promo code TOEDRAG15 to get 15% off your total purchases. Um, guys, I don't have a lot of time with my guests. Uh, there's a few things I want to say, but let's get right into the episode. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate with some of my guests. Uh, you know, I started with Doug McLean. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate to get you know Sheldon Kennedy and Brent Sopel on uh, I just got confirmation that Theron Fleury is also coming on which is great but um, you know above all of them uh, this is a real dream come true uh, this guy uh, he's not a Canadian he's from Boston Massachusetts uh, he was drafted 231st overall in the 1978 NHL draft this guy is one of nine players with 3,000 penalty minutes and he actually has the highest penalty minute average per game in the history of the league 222 fights ninth all-time on the pims list he had 174 fights for your red white and blue the habs 20 for the rangers 22 with boston man this guy was an idol to me growing up the way that i played uh, and then the documentary last gladiators came out and i realized that this guy and i had a lot more in common and wow what a story Chris Nyland, the host of Off the Cuff on TSN's 690 in Montreal. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. Yeah, no problem, Brady. Uh, thanks for the intro. Awesome. Uh, Chris, I know you're really busy, obviously, with the COVID-19 thing going on, and you're a hot commodity. There's no question about it. Uh, before we get into it, this is a real dream come true. There's no secret that you've had your struggles over the years, and um, it's now no secret that I've had mine. My podcast is called Hockey to Heroin. Uh, you know, there's an article that came out about me, and uh, I've been very forthcoming. Uh, I know you were too, um, and you know, I just want you to know that you really inspired me to make a change in my life, Chris. Um, I want to dive into that a little bit and just see how you're doing today, because um, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm about five months clean and sober. Um, I've been battling this shit for the last ten years, my friend. Um, it hasn't been easy. I know it hasn't been easy for you, Chris. Uh, how are you doing today? Um, and maybe what's the biggest struggle still in your life today? Um, um, my biggest struggle in life today? Um, <laughs> I guess uh, just trying to get used to my new knee. That's about <laughs> it. I, I don't struggle in life today, to be honest with you. Um, 
living my life, uh, which uh, I didn't for a while. Um, for a while there, I was just surviving in life, and uh, it was no way to live, certainly. Um, I, I decided at one point I had to do something about it. Um, I remember uh, when that was, and um, I made changes in my life. I had help doing it. Today, I would be honest with you, I don't struggle. With, I don't struggle with anything, really. Like Chris, the- Chris, you know what, man? That is, uh, that's such a great answer, man. Wow, that makes it. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm a lot newer at this, um, but to hear, you know how well you're doing Chris uh, you know for one I'm happy for you let me say that because I know it's not easy personally I can say that um, Two, as a, a fellow hockey player I also know how hard it can be when when you walk away from the game um, and then three Chris I mean man just to hear how positive you are and to see the things you've done yeah you've been such an inspiration to so many but me personally man you will never know um, the lengths that, you know, when that documentary came out, Last Gladiators, if people have not seen it, which I'm sure if you're a hockey fan, you've seen it, it made a lot of noise and um, for a lot of reasons, Chris. And um, the response from that was must have been overwhelming. I can only imagine. Um, you're obviously hosting Off the Cuff now uh, in Montreal as, as part of their, you know, regular program. That's a great opportunity you got. You must be enjoying that, Chris. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, you know, doing a show here in Montreal can be fun. It can be taxing at times with trying to uh, assess what's going on with the team. And, um, you know, uh, some of the. I like to be positive as I can, but there's a lot of negativity in this city when it comes to talking about the Canadian because there hasn't been a whole lot positive happening with them. So that part of it's difficult, but, um, you know, um, I, I deal with it. And I. I just try and be upfront and honest with everything I do, uh, especially on the show and talking about players. I think I'm more, uh, I, I'm more fair with the players. I think than most people who do that kind of work. Uh, for the mere fact that uh, I played the game, I understand how difficult it is. I, I guess for me, the only time I, I really come down on people uh, is when I see guys who pack it in that don't work. Um, then I have a problem. But guys are going to make mistakes. Guys are going to screw up. They're not going to have their legs every night. There's going to be uh, – uh, what I look for in guys is guys who are consistent and uh, show up and play. And if there's cases where guys don't, that's kind of when I come down and play it. But other than that, I think I'm pretty fair with guys. Try to have fun, be honest, and open on the show, which I am and in all parts of my life. So – yeah, uh, it's been good. Yeah. yeah, Chris, I mean, you're a lot of fun to listen to and a lot of people respect you and, and for good reason, obviously. Um, Chris, a lot of people remember you as, as a player that fought a lot. And I mean, there's no secret. Your numbers are insane. Uh, I look at these numbers and I knew they were high, but um, knowing that you were coming on the show, I'm not going to lie, I did a little bit more research, but I mean, I'm very familiar with your career. I'm like, I'm only 32, so you stopped, you played from 1979 to 1992, um, so I was five when you stopped playing, but 
I mean, I grew up watching Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em and I mean, so, and all the old ones. So you were like the catalyst. So like, if you ever watched me play or the way that like, I was a lot like you. I mean, nowhere near as tough as you never had the careers. You're a Stanley Cup champion, Chris. I mean, come on, man. Um, But people sometimes forget, Chris, that you could actually play the game. And um, you were a hell of a player. A couple 20-goal seasons. Um, You brought that energy that no other guy did and no other guy could. So for people that don't know, Tiger Williams leads the NHL in penalty minutes uh, all time. But he played you know, and a significant amount of games more than you did. Um, you had 222 fights. How many concussions do you think you suffered over your career? I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I don't, maybe one from a body check early in my career. Uh, I don't believe other than that, maybe one, if that's what it was. But uh, I got knocked a little dizzy with a body check, uh, shoulder check to the jaw. Uh, trying to go inside on a in back of my first year uh, named Fred Barrett, big guy, and uh, knocked me dizzy. I was really, I wasn't out, but uh, I was a little out of it. And maybe that was the only time, honestly. Uh, uh, I didn't take a lot of uh, violent, I, I mean, I took some good body checks, uh, but as far as to the head, no. Uh, and I took some punches here and there to the head, uh, but I protected myself pretty well. So I might have one concussion if, and uh, yeah. So I, I find myself to be uh, extremely fortunate when it comes to the concussion thing. Well, for sure. And I mean, Chris, you're, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I, You're arguably the greatest fighter in NHL history. I mean, you're up there with Probert. Yeah. Uh, no, Thanks. you're, no, I, no. You know, again, listen, I just, to me, I feel like as a guy that, um, um, you know, showed up all the time and played, did my job, you know, did a lot of tough guys in the game over the years, and I was just another one of them, and I, I'm, I was consistent, you know, honestly, uh, I showed up every game and uh, did what I had to do, and, you know, for that, i I think for me the consistent part was the best uh, uh, as far as uh, you know when I look back at my career that's what you know yeah I became a hockey player I was always a halfway decent player but I, I got a whole lot better here in Montreal with Jacques Lemaire helped me Claude Durrell guys who helped me uh, improve my game and take it to another level which I did uh, I was glad I was with the Canadians uh, they were a team that <clears throat> didn't want me to just be a fighter. They wanted me to be a hockey player. They helped me do that. And, yeah, so when I look back, that's the thing uh, I'm probably most proud of is uh, from a personal standpoint, other than winning the cup, um, you know, that I became an everyday NHL player. And I never forgot where I came from. And I I did my job right up until the end. So, uh, yeah, as difficult as it got. So, yeah, pretty good. I, I can only imagine how hard it got, uh, Chris. And you, you mentioned, I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of guys that put themselves on the line over the years. There's no secret. It was highlighted in the documentary. Like you said, you're just one of them. Um, but you're not a very big guy. Like, huh? 
And these other guys you were fighting were all, I mean, pretty much. I mean, even I fought a, a lot considering junior numbers. I think I had like 60 fights or something. That's not a lot in comparison to you. But I'm not a very big guy either, and I always found myself fighting bigger guys. Um, but, you know, I've watched a lot of your fights, and you're right. You don't get hit. Did you take any training for fighting growing up, or is this just something that you... I just kind of, I, I learned, uh, you know, I, 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 where I grew up in Boston, you know, you kind of had to have that attitude, that street-wise, city-tough personality to be able to navigate the streets and, and, and not be taken advantage of and not be a pushover. So I, I had that in me to begin with. Um, and then uh, on the ice, you know, I grew up watching the Bruins. They were my model for uh, a hockey team now. Why didn't I pick a Phil Esposito or Bobby Orr? Yeah, Bobby Orr is my favorite player, but uh, talent-wise, I was nowhere near that. So I certainly identify with guys who, like O'Reilly and Cashman and Jonathan and Wensink, I identify with those guys. And when I came to the NHL after playing college, you know, uh, American Hockey League, I ended up uh, playing that physical type of game. I didn't come in thinking I was going to be a fighter. Uh, but it didn't take long, and I ended up in a uh, fight with Maine Mariners. My, my first game was on a five-game tryout for 200 bucks a game, and I ended up fighting Glenn Cochran. I cut him open pretty bad, and I had a contract the next day, and then everybody around the league heard that I fought Cochran, so they wanted to find out who this college kid was. Was he lucky? Did he hit him with a lucky punch, or is, can this kid fight? And I basically fought every night uh, in the American League uh, when I was there, and I got called up, and I never looked back. Uh, but again, when I think about my career with Montreal, they certainly helped me to become a, a full-time NHL player that uh, <clears throat> could be productive in more ways than one. Yeah, well, Chris, there's you had that opportunity. Obviously, you had great people around you, but you must have put in a lot of work. worked on uh, different parts of my game and um, you know, I just you know I, I love what I was doing uh, I absolutely loved it it was a dream of mine to be an NHL player I lived that dream and uh, I wanted it to last as long as I could and uh, yeah I worked my butt off uh, you know skating I became a better skater I became a better puck handler and that's all due to the fact I had coaches that took an interest in <clears throat> and, um, you know, uh, making uh, small incremental changes in my game over time that, uh, that will allow me to be a guy you can put on the ice and rely on, uh, whether it was defending a lead in the last 30 seconds of a game or uh, needing a goal in the last 30 seconds of a game, getting on the ice where... I could establish a net front presence that some guys just couldn't. Uh, uh, I was able to do those things. So, yeah. So, again, I was with an organization that was, was really helpful to me and uh, molding me and shaping me as a hockey player. Not so much a fighter, but a hockey player. Well, it sounds like you had that all figured out on your own. Uh, growing up in Boston, uh, you said it was rough and tough. Did you know that you actually had your most fights against Boston? No. You know, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't I don't go back and look at you know tapes and fight stuff like that you know uh, honestly I wish I had a tape of all my goals <laughs> look at that but I don't watch the fights a whole lot the odd time I you know like recently I saw the Quebec crawl on TV here and, um, yeah but yeah I guess I had yeah, you had uh, you had 24 career fights against Boston and uh, 21 against the Hartford Whalers, 20 against the Nordiques, and then 18 Flyers. Uh, I have the list here; it could go on forever. Um, but that's kind of interesting that you fought the most against Boston. Uh, you also had 110 goals, 115 assists in your career, 225 points. You played um, for the Rangers as well. Um, I noticed in the in the documentary you weren't you weren't so happy, and I think. It's you know you speak about it. You were just upset that you left uh, Montreal. Um, how was your transition once you left the game? Uh, were you partying and uh, and doing um, doing drugs and th that sort of stuff while you were playing at all? When did that really when did that really start for you? I drank like the rest. You know, like at the time it was a big culture in the NHL drinking and stuff like that. But no, I wasn't doing drugs when I played in the NHL. I drank. Uh, that was it. The drugs came later. Uh, yeah, so it started like um, I've been open with what happened with me. I mean, obviously, I did some party drugs um, before, but it, it started with the Oxycontin uh, painkillers. Uh, if it wasn't for that, I would have never gone to heroin. Uh, that word still makes that word still makes me cringe, you know, because um, I'm not gonna lie. Um, my dad's extremely disappointed in me. And I, I actually watched The Last Gladiators the other night with my girlfriend, Taylor, who, by the way, now has a man crush on you, I will say. Um, uh, yeah, she just thinks you're the greatest thing ever now. So um, that's kind of funny. But, you know, we watched it. And, you know, I, I watched the interview with your dad and, you know, I could see how proud he was of you and then I could see how much it crushed him. And, you know, my dad's going through a lot of the same things. Um, but I'll tell you what, this past week, our relationship has really progressed and it's been nice. What's your relationship with your dad like these days? Oh, it's fun. You know, that's, you know, all water under the bridge as far as I'm concerned. And him, I mean, my dad uh, probably more proud of me today than was when I played in the NHL. There's no question about that. But as far as him being disappointed, um, uh, and I get that. And, you know, uh, he made uh, might have sounded a little harsh in that uh, documentary, uh, but that's his feelings. It's the way he felt. Uh, I can't deny that. I deny him those feelings, and I'm fine with that. Again, I I had enough guilt and shame uh, myself. I didn't need any more locked on me. But um, uh, I, I don't have uh, that shame. I don't have that guilt anymore. I, I'm way past all that. And uh, I'm extremely comfortable in my life as far as uh, uh, what I've accomplished, um, what I've uh, battled through, and where I, the point I've, I, I'm at now in my life. I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, you know, I, certain, I guess I couldn't have sense that I wish I was closer to my family back home uh, uh, from a geographical standpoint. But, uh, uh, you know, that's, for me, the toughest thing to deal with being, uh, you know, apart from them. But, yeah, I, I dealt with that. My dad's good to him. I mean, he's 84 years old. Uh, uh, God bless him. And my mom has dementia, so he's taking care of her. And 
he's, you know, it's just kind of sad that uh, he's going through such a difficult time right now having to deal with mom uh, and what she's going through. Uh, he's not going to ever put her in a home. He's always going to take care of her, and he has. And that, for me, I, uh, is, is difficult to watch. But, yeah, my dad uh, has a right to his feelings. And, uh, like I said, who am I to deny him his feelings? So I'm okay with that. Uh, we got a great relationship today. And, yeah, it's all good. That's awesome, Chris, and I'm sorry for asking. The reason why I ask is more of a personal reason because I'm trying to mend the relationship with my dad, uh, not to pry in your rela- your uh, personal life for anybody else yeah, to know. Yeah. Um, I know. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you opening up and being honest. That's great. And uh, to hear that, uh, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your mom and, um, you know, your dad. Uh, I could tell that just the character he has it, you know, obviously he would stand by her and do his best to take care of her. Um, like you, I'm away from my family right now, too, and I'm actually finding it hard to, to be away from them. So, um, but, you know, Chris, uh, I can imagine proud he is of you today. And I can say that I don't know you, but I'm proud of you, man. Like, I really looked up to you, man. And, uh, and I really appreciate you coming out and, and you know sharing your story because um, you know I talked with Sheldon Kennedy and a lot of the, some of the stuff that happened to him similar happened to me when I was a kid and he came out and shared his story. Um, but then once I became an addict and especially with around the, the hair and that like nobody, um, especially even in the sports world, there's been even in the hockey world, had really come out and been like, hey, listen, I have this problem um, and it's okay because I'm doing things. I'm better now. Um, This is me. I'm okay now. And to see that, Chris, like you will never know, man. Like I I felt like there was hope and to have you on right now is a real dream come true. Like I look up to you like, uh, like you have no idea. I'm sure you hear this all the time. It must get old, but you know, I just, I can't say enough about that, Chris. So thank you once again. Yeah, you know, listen, uh, good for you that you're sober. And a lot of people don't understand what addiction is, what it's all about, how it uh, is a family disease. And uh, certainly you've been through your struggles. I'm glad if uh, I helped you in some way. I don't know uh, that. I take your word for it. But, um, you know, when you talk about the heroin, and, uh, you know, I was in a, a difficult place in my life. Uh, I started with Percocet to Oxycontin, uh, and then when I couldn't get that anymore, uh, the next best best thing was heroin. And, you know, again, I'm not saying it, it, it's not a bad drug. It is. But people, when they hear heroin, they're like, oh, my God. Um, you kind of get this label on your forehead that you're a junkie, that you're a bad person because you're on that. You've got to be really screwed up to have been on that. Um, but uh, I'm totally comfortable with that. Um, and, and if people feel a certain way about me because of that, um, I get it. Uh, but to me, people truly don't understand who feel like that. So I've lived through an experience where a lot of people don't. And you have too at, at this point uh, in your young sobriety. But, you know, you get tagged and you get labeled. And a lot of people don't want to have anything to do with you. They don't want to near you. They don't want to, uh, say, give you a chance at doing things. I've been fortunate because I have a friend up here who who did take a chance on me uh, as far as the radio, Mitch Melnick, who uh, went to the wall for me. Uh, 
uh, get me this opportunity. Um, when you've been through what I've been through and you, it's not so easy to get a second chance. People don't trust you. Uh, they may not care for you because of where you've been in your life and what you did. And I'm okay with that. And I understand that. Uh, so I just, listen, I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, uh, live a good, honest life. Uh, I, I, I'm not a liar. I'm, I'm wide open. I don't, uh, I don't live that life I lived when I was uh, struggling with my addiction. And uh, I certainly uh, have a lot of people that have supported me. Uh, one being my girlfriend, Jamie, who uh, she is an addict herself. Uh, she's clean and sold in all 10 years. Um, just a great woman uh, who's supported me through some of my most difficult times through uh, a relapse when, um, you know, she could have easily said, uh, see you later. Uh, instead of saying, see you later, <clears throat> she helped me get back on my feet again and supported me. And, um, you know, she brought me back front and center. And then <clears throat> I have a, <laughs> one dog that, well, I have two dogs, but this one dog has been with me through my whole sobriety uh, and has helped me uh, like better than any doctor or any person could uh the dog uh, my dog Bodie who um helped me to navigate the difficult times was always there for me uh when I struggled with anger issues um you know in that early sobriety trying to cope with certain things he'd be right there uh taught me to not raise my voice in situations. He really, um, <laughs> he calmed me down. And he's still here with me today, this dog. And, you know, those two people have been so huge. So, well, <laughs> I call them a person. Uh, Jamie and, and Bodie, uh, it's just been unbelievable in my sobriety. So uh, it's it's just awesome to, to have them in my life. And, it's a it's a great support system uh, to have. Now, um, as far as staying sober on a daily basis, you got to do the things you got to do to to keep there and stay there. And you know, I, I, Brady, I, I give you credit for getting through to the other side here. But it's going to be a constant battle, and you're gonna. Uh, it's glad I'm glad to hear you're doing well. But uh, you know, just stay on that path and and. And uh, how do you get sober? How do you stay sober? You get honest with yourself. You stay open-minded. And you got to be willing to do the work. That's how you do it. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And uh, if you have those things, three things going for you, uh, you know, you can live that clean and sober life and, and stay that way. So I commend you for what you've done so far. And again, like any addict, uh, alcoholic, drug addict, uh, we only have today. Uh, and uh, right now, right here, in this moment, I'm sober and I'm clean. And for that, I'll always be grateful. I'll be grateful uh, for the people in my life that helped me get there. I'm grateful to the NHL who helped me uh, and uh, got me the treatment, the doctors in the NHL, uh, Dr. Lewis, Dr. Shaw, uh, another guy, Dan Cronin, were instrumental in um, pointing me in the right direction and and helping me out when uh, I was 
quite frankly, down and out. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's life is good again, uh, and like I said, I'm living life now. I'm not surviving. So that's and you can do that too. So uh, just stay on the path and keep keep doing what you're doing, and and uh, you know things will come around. Your dad too. You know what? You have no control over that. Your dad will come around and whatever time it takes them. Uh, like anybody else, you have no control over how they feel, uh, what they see in you. All you can do is take care of you and change your life and stay on that path and be that um, that beacon of light now that, you know, um, that uh, w- was snubbed out from the heroin and the drug use. And now that you've, you're back on track, um, you just keep living your life, and you're going to be a power of example to other people. Huh. Um, and and you know, there's no reason why, you know, just because I didn't happen to do that documentary and it maybe helps some people. I know it's helped some people, but, you know, anybody can do that as far as being a power of example. You can be a power of example to other people, people in your life, people that know you and know your story. Um and say, geez, that kid, uh, he's made the comeback. He, he's got a four on now. And, um, yeah, just um, I'm proud of what you've done and, and stay on that path. Like I said, your, your dad, uh, obviously your dad uh, loves you. But, uh, again, he'll come around on his own time. And that's what um, that's what I had to do with my dad. I just had to let him go. Uh, and and I, his you know, sad about it as I was and bummed out. I also understood it. And once I understood it uh, and and looked at it like that, I was okay with it. And, you know, we're fine today. And, and you know, I'm grateful for that. So, yeah, life's good. No, I appreciate that, Chris. You telling me that story, it's really funny, you know, the similarities because, yeah, I appreciate you opening up about your girlfriend and I was, uh, you know, coordinating with her this interview. So thank you to her for, for being so great and for getting back to me um, and setting this interview up. Uh, Jamie, thank you. Um, you know, I, uh, too, have a girlfriend, Taylor, who's also in recovery, um, fairly early recovery like like myself. Uh, we didn't really live the life together. We found each other after um, but again, I see the similarities and I just got a dog, uh, a little 10 week old lab, Billy, not Bodie, but Billy. Um, and she's been like a, you know, like a little savior for me. I take her on, she's been chasing me on the ATV the last couple of days. It's been great. Um, so there's a lot of similarities there, Chris, and I really look up to you and, um, to hear you talk about, uh, your relationship with your dad. That really gives me hope. And, um, you know, it's really great to see you doing well. Um, I know you got that opportunity just after being on the Melnick show that one day back in 2013, um, and he went he went to bat for you there. Um, and what a great opportunity that is, Chris. And you know, and I, isn't it great that you're able to see these opportunities now today and and see them what they're worth and just uh, give it your all like you did your hockey career when without that clouded mind of uh, the drug addiction because it it really takes everything from you. It's nice to be so clean and sober. I wouldn't have any of this if not for that. So uh, just staying on the path and doing my thing, Brady. Okay, Chris, I know you have a, an interview on, on Sirius uh, XM or whatever this morning, yeah. and uh, you're a super busy guy. 
you know, a popular guy, no doubt. And, you know, I'm a huge fan more than anything. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, you know, your words of encouragement, um, you know, your stories and your strength, uh, you know, have been a huge inspiration to me and will continue to be not just to me, but to others. Um, before I let you go, though, um, who's the toughest guy you ever fought? I'm just curious. That's not one I don't answer. They're all tough. Okay. That's a very good way to look at things, and uh, it's a it's a great way to look at things because you're absolutely right, and nobody can uh, nobody can disagree with that answer. Um, so, Chris, thank you so much once again. Uh, you know, all the best to you and Jamie. Um, you know, I'd love to have you again on sometime in the future, maybe when hockey starts, when the world comes back to normal. Um, once again, thank you so much. Again, there's really no okay. words. Um, all the best, Chris. Thanks again. Big thanks to Chris Knuckles Nyland. Another dream come true for me. Uh, I'm almost in tears fighting it off here. Uh, I didn't have as much time with him as I would have would have liked to originally. Uh, but what a great conversation. What a great guy. What a huge inspiration. Um, I want to say uh, that last night, uh, Amy Lashinsky, Matt Lashinsky's sister, um, who, of course, I'm sitting in the Matlashinsky studio, the unfinished Matlashinsky studio. Um, she contributed some money as a donation for me to get some more supplies for the studio. So thank you to Amy. Um, it really means a lot to me that, you know, you're supporting me in this and Matt Thompson's decision in doing this and honoring your brother um, because we didn't know each other. Uh, I know your mom, Nancy, uh, has been reaching out to and uh, I really appreciated talking to you guys and uh, I look forward to developing that, that relationship and having you guys up here. Um, you know, it hasn't been an easy road for me. Uh, I lost a friend the other day to an overdose, um, one of many. Um, it's happening every day, everywhere, guys. Uh, it's a crisis. Uh, you know, it can happen to actors, athletes, firemen, policemen, electricians. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't discriminate, guys, and it's extremely powerful. So um, if anybody out there is struggling, um, ask for help. There is no shame in it, you guys. Um, I know if... Uh, you know, if you have a family member that's struggling, I know it could be hard to watch that. There's not much you can do but offer your support. Um, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink, the old saying. Uh, it's a hard situation to watch. I, I can only imagine. I know my dad went through hell, my mom too. Um, I haven't talked too much about my mom, but, um, you know, my mom and dad split up when I was five. And as I said, I grew up, I lived with my dad uh, and my sister. But I mean, I still saw my mom on the weekends and stuff, and I was with her quite a bit. Um, but a lot more with my dad. However, um, my dad and I lost our relationship because of decisions I was making, and I was uh, taking advantage of him, taking money from him, um, you know, for my drug habit, which is bullshit, and lying to him, which is horrible. So, um, you know, he had to walk away from me, and I it was really hard, but I accepted it, and um, he had to do that to protect himself and his family, and, and I completely understand that now. Um, but I want to apologize to my dad for all the bullshit. There's no words and nothing I could do. I could never pay back that astronomical amount of money he's given me. Um, but through the hard times, 
Uh, my mom took me in, and when I was in jail, my mom came to see me every single week and would bring me money from my canteen so I could order extra stuff in there. Um, my dad didn't come to see me for the first year, and I really missed him. And I was, I knew that my mom was giving him updates. He knew I was safe, and that's all that mattered. But uh, I was being selfish and not seeing it. So um, I just want to say thanks to my mom for being my rock while I was in jail. Uh, she also took me in while I got out of jail. She's taken me in while I was on the street many times. Um, so thank you, Mom. I didn't want to forget about you. Um, I love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. I love you, both you guys. Um, you know, and I'm sorry for disappointing you guys. Um, you know, guys, thank you so much for listening. Please check out teamissue.ca. Check out my website, hockeytoheroin.com. And please don't forget to now listen to Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. That is the new home for Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. Um, also, guys, thank you. I was number seven on the Apple charts for Hockey Podcast. I'm sure that rating is going to drop down, but I was also number 37. Uh, the new feed for the Hockey Podcast Network uh, was 37 last night, and my feed was seven. Um, so, uh, guys, please follow at Hockey Podnet. Follow me on Twitter. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Please share with your family and friends. Um, you know, thank you once again. I'm uh, looking forward to having Theron Flurry on. Uh, guys, please, please stay safe. If anyone needs help, reach out to me. If not to me, somebody else. Um, Remember, there's a saying, have a great day if you so choose.